legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Ever wondered how a book gets made into a movie? Or how to master the art of cooking? Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. On our podcast, we're going to be serving you a fresh perspective of the entertainment industry alongside our favorite celebrity guests. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Steaks, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. It's Pharrell on the bench, coast to coast in the biggest way possible, hanging out a bad seat, a broken eight, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad attitudes, bad taste, bad lie, bad do, bad bread, bad attention, bad vibes. We are live in the FanDuel Sportsbook in East Rutherford, New Jersey at the Meadowlands, right across the street from where the G-Man, 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 Big Blue and the Gang Green play NFL Pain Day football across the street is new. York City, the Big Apple people dressed in plastic bags, directing traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do bit. all my friends that come around, flats of flats, a party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's in tattered, my brains are splattered all over my head, should you be shaking? Woo! It's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I'm Pharrell with Carver. Hi, Mike Carver is with me here uh, in the FanDuel Sportsbook, his home away from home. It's the place that gets his entire family angry at him because we both have massive gambling problems and we do the show in a sportsbook. That is awesome. Did you like that foot pedal move right there? You right got it done. You're getting show? really good at it. You're, just, you're, you're so used to now. You go left foot, right foot, boom, and you just get it done. I mean, I right. got to tell you, this little thing. little two-step from you. This thing's Bang. as gentle as a baby, a newborn baby, <laughs> I got to tell you. Uh, in Studio 34 in Midtown Manhattan, in the middle of it all at the Sports Grid World Headquarters, is uh, Mr. Mafia Brian Siano running it with the crew. Great job by those freaks. We got Rigatoni here, Lynn Swan, Cardano the ball carrier. Sus just got doing a kick-ass show with his boy Frank, who thinks he can ball with me. One of these days I'm going to bring Frank out for basketball. He's going to learn the hard way how things go out in the hood. When they give Frank a couple of elbows. I like Frank. He's a good man. Uh, we got a great show for you today. Kurt Heelan of NBC. Uh, we talk pro rack with him. We got a lot of guys I talk uh, basketball with because I love the game. It's a beautiful thing. Also, Coach K tells his uh, critics basically to kiss his ass. It's a frank way of looking at it on a Tuesday. Plus, we'll talk about the Bucks last night. They lost in Miami. Is this going to be a problem that they can't beat good teams in the playoffs. At what point do you think I'll lose my temper? I don't think you will. No? No, right. no. Right. Right. no. Uh, the Rockets lose to the next. I called that last night. I remember when you guys, both of you, you, you and uh, Smitty thought they'd come back and win the game. Nope. I said they aren't going to blow the 15-point lead. They almost did. They got as close as one in the final. Is that what it was? <laughs> they one got point. it to one. Uh, they had a shot to tie it. They were down two. Seven seconds left. They just couldn't. Uh, a little bunny that uh, Harden missed there at the end. So just unlucky for the Rockets. Did you see that guy? What's his name? Uh, Williams, the kid that played at Duke. He's on ESPN. Uh, see him today trying to sell. He was trying to sell that they were like hung over, that they went out partying. Yeah, a little, at a, little late night down like in like New a, York City. Like a GQ party they went to ah. and that they were that they didn't care about the game and they were just throwing the game and they didn't. Sure looked like it for the first three quarters. You know what I mean? They didn't take the, uh, the Knicks seriously or anything like that. We'll talk about tonight. 
tonight's uh, NHL. Sale gets an MRI. Uh, the Cowboys, uh, are they going to tag Dak? Looks like it. That's All right. Uh, and then we'll talk to Joe Ranieri, hour two of Coast to Coast. Let's get an update in first, though, and I'll hand it over to your boy, Carver High. Sports Grid News Update. All right, Scotty, a couple of injury updates from MLB spring training. Yankees general manager Brian Cashman said today that Aaron Judge feels better, but he will have more tests to determine the cause of the soreness in his hip, uh, in his shoulder, I should say, which is moving towards his pectoral area now. Opening day is very much up in the air for Judge. Red Sox pitcher Chris Sale will be getting an MRI on his sore elbow after experiencing soreness following his first live batting practice session that he threw. Golden State coach Steve Kerr says that Steph Curry return for the Warriors on Thursday is definitely a possibility when the Raptors come to town. Curry has been uh, recalled from his conditioning stint at the team's G League affiliate. He's only played four games this season, of course, due to broken hand that he suffered. NFL trade just went down today between the Broncos and the Jags. The Broncos will get cornerback A.J. Boye in exchange for a fourth-round pick. The trade will be processed when the new league year starts on March 8th. Wait a minute. Is that linebacker or who's the guy that the Giants want to get? The one you were talking about yesterday that uh, refuses to be tagged and wants out of Jacks. And Gakwe. Do you think the Giants will get him? Uh, they probably shouldn't have used all those picks on Leonard Williams or else maybe they could. There you go. NBA eight games tonight. Early on, the Spurs are four-point favorites in Charlotte off a loss last night at home to the Pacers. The Celtics are six-and-a-half-point favorites hosting Brooklyn. The Clippers are giving five on the road at OKC. Zion has been on a tear. Him and the Pelicans minus 11 hosting Minnesota. The rest later on. NCAA number 16 Michigan State is a one and a half point favorite at number 20 Penn State. Number 9 Maryland visits Rutgers at 9 p.m. Eastern. Tennessee will be getting eight and a half at number 6 Kentucky. Number 18 Iowa minus 5 hosts Purdue. Conference tournaments start tonight too, Scotty. The wow. Atlantic Sun, Patriot, Horizon, and the Big South all tip off. Their postseason tourneys. Ten games in the NHL tonight. Early on, Islanders host the Canadians in Brooklyn. Wow. Minus 130 for the Isles. Pens have lost six in a row. Oh. They return home. Minus 310 against the Senators. Blues are a minus 140 road favorite at the Garden against the Rangers. Big one in Tampa. Lightning minus 120 host the first place Bruins. The Jets minus 160 with Buffalo coming in in the Wild. Minus 130 with the Predators coming to St. Paul. I'm Carver High with the Sports Grid Update. Want the edge? Get on the grid. Very interesting afternoon already. Uh, my boss told me I smelled like coffee, and then Sus told me I had yellow teeth. <laughs> Sus said that I got to stop drinking so much coffee because as I get older, my teeth are yellow, and it's getting like noticeable on television. I told him that I was going to take the Empire State Building there behind my head and ram it through his ear hole. You know, that was the uh, ear hole that uh, Wilder bled from. Do you remember that one, uh, Carver High? I do remember that. I think on tonight's pod, the Pharrell on a Bench podcast, very popular with civilians and dogs. Uh, it is, uh, like, I think one of the segments is on the uh, Wilder Fury 3 fight, July 18th at the Grand Garden Arena in Vegas. It looks like uh, Mafia will be going to that fight in the heat of summer. Carver High likes to go in the fall and in the winter when it's nice in Vegas as opposed in the summer when it's a buck ten. Is that about right? Sounds that way. All right. Uh, also, tell the truth. You said you wouldn't walk around the corner to see the third fight. Uh, <laughs> Just be honest. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. I mean, obviously, you, you'd love going to a fight. Will they get Will they get a half a million pay-per-view buys, the third fight? I say no. I say no. They got 800, right? Just over 800. We're going under. This. I say under 500. I think that the people... Uh, especially the short turnaround, them just fighting, right. watching him get his butt kicked. Uh, I don't think you can turn it around that fast and get over 500. So what know. is it? Uh, March, April, May, June. So four and a half months? Yeah, that, no chance. All right. I don't believe it. So uh, I can't even. Same place, same location, same fight. And, and we saw what he did to him. Uh, I don't, he pushed him around like a rag doll. I mean, he literally was... You know, it was like watching a college senior uh, fight a second grader. I mean, it was truly unbelievable <laughs> to me. All right, so a couple of things. Uh, I know I want to get into uh, the other thing, too, uh, later. The Spike Lee incident. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into that later. <laughs> 
<laughs> At what point do you want to get into it? Because like it's uh, it's turned into a huge controversy. I will tell you that on Wednesdays for All on a Bench Pod, uh, I do an entire like segment, like a double segment on it, because uh, I just thought it was so unbelievable. Uh, you know. Let's do it right now. All right. All right. That's so fine. what happened is, is that we know what happened last night. He had to go through this 33rd Street uh, in Manhattan, 33rd and 7th. There's a media and an employee entrance at the Garden, which I've gone through a million times, right? And so uh, all the regular, you know, normal uh, employees go through there. Even the, you know, uh, the pretzel guy, the beer guy, the hot dog guy, the popcorn guy, the vendors, the the concessions people, the employees, uh, the security people go through that door. Anyone that works at the uh, garden for games goes through that door, and the media goes through that door. So just so you know, there's also a, a loop-de-loop, like at the uh, airport parking. You know, when you go to the airport and you go to the Hertz and you got to drive around in circles up the ramp, and then you go to get your rental car, one of those deals. Well, so the buses pull into the garden underneath, right? And they, um, they, that's where the players get out. And they have to walk up the loop to go to the fifth floor, right? To where the uh, locker rooms are and this and that. So uh, he has gone down. He's exited the arena that way every year for 28 years. And he's gone through the same door to go into the uh, garden every game for 28 years. He claims that they never once told him that there was a change in policy that you could no longer use that door uh, being a uh, celebrity. Uh, So he said they never told him. He said a month ago they told him he couldn't use the down ramp to get out of the building, but he never was told, according to Spike Lee, that he could uh, use the entrance on 33rd to come into the games. He said he's been doing it forever. And he also said that he pays... $300,000 a year for the two seats courtside, front row, on the court for his fandom. He is Jack Nicholson. He is uh, Billy Crystal. He is uh, Jimmy Buffett for the Heat. He is Drake for the Raptors. He is the face of Nick fandom, is he not? He's the most celebrated celebrity that goes to uh, the Garden. So uh, what happened was they stopped him uh, in the elevator. They told him to get off of the elevator, go out onto the street, and then re-enter on 30 First, he refused to do that in the VIP entrance, which is 31st Street, two blocks away. He refused to leave the garden once he uh, went into the garden and had his ticket scanned. He said that he would not be allowed back into the garden once you leave an arena. Uh, your ticket is void at a sporting event. And he is right about that. You can't, like, leave after you have your ticket scanned and then come back in. I think they would have let him back in. I, I really do believe <laughs> I, that they would have let him back in. I think in. so, too. Okay, so someone else actually, he threw a fit. And he started cussing uh, and screaming in the viral video that everyone saw, right? And he, um, he was cussing out the security, and he started yelling, uh, you know, handcuff me like my boy Charles Oakley. And then it got into, like, an Oakley thing. And then it seemed to be getting into, like, a little, uh, you know, whole race thing. I thought it was like a, a, a disaster. Now, we're going to get into this more. Uh, but we'll come back and talk to Kurt Heelan about the NBA. Then we'll get back into this and we'll talk bad about people coast to coast. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down and too many people fall victim to the picture perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We going to learn. And most of all, I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
All right, Coast to Coast with Pharrell, Carver Highs here, Mafia back in Studio 34. And uh, we have Kurt Heelan, our good friend from NBC, uh, talking pro-rack. It's always important to hook up with Kurt. How you doing, Kurt? How's everything, buddy? It's going well. Good to talk to you, man. My man. So uh, what did you think of the Bucks? problems uh with the heat because you know going into the game last night uh Kurt I was uh you know talking to some you know people here at the FanDuel Sportsbook in the Meadowlands that were heavy on the Bucks because of the way they had performed against Toronto in Toronto remember when Drake had the championship belt and he started joking around with him that, that this is no joke here you're coming in this building you're gonna learn the hard way and then they literally stopped the Raptors. There were people that thought that the same thing would happen again last night with them going into Miami, even though Miami was so good at home now, 26-4 and four at home after they really controlled the Bucks last night. What did you think of all that? Yeah, the South Beach nightlife remains undefeated, doesn't it? I, look, it's, I think it was just possibly, it's partially just an off night. I mean, Miami has the players to make life difficult for Giannis athletically. I mean, they've got Bam Adebayo, they've got Jimmy Butler's obviously a great defender. They've got other bodies they can throw out there. But the Bucks were just ice cold from three. They have other options. They have kickouts. They have, you know, look, if you take Giannis away, there's other things. Those guys were not knocking down. They just, they were, I think, what, seven of 34, whatever it was. They, they shot 20% from three. Nobody could hit anything. So nobody else had to pay the price, and it just became a little too much Giannis against the world. For the Bucks, I think it's just one of those games, man. They just had a bad game. I'm certainly not taking the heat over them in a seven-game series. I'm not sure how much other teams can replicate it. I know there are teams that think out there that they could get the Bucks in a seven-game series. I'm just – I'm not convinced, and I'm certainly not convinced the Heat could do it. Kurt Heelan with us from NBC. Do you think that they are legitimate? Like, we saw them in the playoffs go deep last year, the Bucks. Do they – and I know this sounds crazy. Are they just simply relying on him too much – and then no one else is stirring the drink. Uh, they have to have, you know, this guy go at a high level to have like a 30-plus night every night and, and double figs on rebounds and, and block shots and everything else. Uh, do you believe that uh, they are capable of actually winning it all with the way they seem to rely on him? I think they can, in part because he can still get his most nights. I mean, he's still going to be phenomenal. But, like I said, last night they were just a little bit off. But the other part of that that doesn't get discussed as much, part of the problem they had in the playoffs last year was Mike Budenholzer didn't adjust, right? Like, Mike Budenholzer, this is how we play. I go with this big rotation. This is how it's going to work. And they didn't adapt fast enough. He didn't do that in Atlanta before this when they had really, really good teams. That, to me, is one of the big questions. As much as I am a huge Mike Budenholzer fan, a lot of this is on him now. What's the plan B? What it, what happens when they take away A? Because that's what happens with good teams in the playoffs. When they get to the second round and, and the conference finals, the defenses are going to be good enough to make life difficult for Giannis. They're going to have players who can do that. We can take away his spin move back to the middle. We can take away some of his favorite plays. We're going to slow you down into the half court. What's your plan B? How are you going to act? The Bucks haven't come up with that in the past seasons, and I think part of that's on Budenholzer because, again, I think they've got the pieces. I think they put it together this year, but that's to me – the only big question still in front of them. Kurt Heelan with us on Coast to Coast. Uh, the the Morris brothers have been unbelievable in their roles that they have now. Uh, what do you think of the way they're uh, contributing on, on you know both sides in Lipstick City? Yeah, they've actually were both great pickups for those teams, weren't they? I mean, Marcus is starting for the Clippers. He gives them like Doc Rivers needed more versatility. I've seen them now twice since they've gotten healthy in the last four games. And the thing that leaps out at you is they can just beat you a variety of ways because of the versatility of Kawhi Leonard, of Paul George. They can kind of play big, play small. They can put you know, Montrezl Harrell at the five, or they can go big with Zubac. They can do a bunch of different things and beat you a bunch of different ways. And that's a dangerous playoff team. And Morris just adds to that. They can go five out. They've played some more uh, lineups with him at center in a five out system. And, it works because he can stand in the corner and knock down threes and make plays and still give you defensive toughness and boards. So he just makes the Clippers that much tougher. And man, the Lakers just need depth behind LeBron. It's LeBron, it's Anthony Davis, and who's going to be the third best player that night? That night, maybe it's Danny Green, maybe it's Kyle Kuzma. Now at least Markeith Morris can be part of that mix. I think he can be a very good 
um, part of their rotation going into the playoffs, and he's played really well for them so far. So, Kurt, uh, you know, I, the Rockets, to me, with small ball, I, I got to tell you, I really like them. And, and the night that they beat the Lakers, it really blew my mind at how they played at a different speed. I thought they were in fifth gear and the Lakers were in fourth gear. And everyone going into it thought, oh, there's no way they can deal with those three, you know, seven-footers. Uh, they're doomed. And then they and then they actually, you know, ran them out of the building. It was unbelievable. Do you believe that they are a actual legitimate sleeper? And then I look at the Celtics the same way. I think the Celtics uh, are very dangerous. I like them even though, you know, the Rockets beat them on Saturday night in Boston. It was a great game. Brown with the late dagger three to send it to overtime. I think the Celtics could just as easily win a game like that against the Rockets or anyone else in the same fashion that they lost it. But are those two teams uh, dangerous in your opinion? Because I feel kind of that they are. The Celtics in particular, I think, are. I like I love them in the East. I think they're the I mean, we saw you and you talked about it earlier. The Bucks went into Toronto and just slapped them around. The Celtics strike me as the one team with the pieces with Jalen Brown, with how Jason Tatum has played. You know, they get Kemba Walker back tonight, probably on a minute's limit, but they get Kemba Walker back. That's a team I think that again has the versatility, has the pieces to make life difficult for the Bucs. It's the one team I as much as I think there may be a player away that makes life interesting. And I think that they are a sleeper. Houston, Houston's just harder for me to predict because I want to say they can get bullied like the Knicks did to them last night. But you're right. They destroyed Utah. They just they took Rudy Gobert almost out of the game. They kind of did the same thing to the Lakers. And nobody wants to face them for the same reason. I don't know, call it the you don't want to face the South Pond boxing. It throws everything off. This is the one team that's not like every other team. And it becomes really difficult. Can they beat the Lakers or the Clippers or even – you know, it's a really interesting matchup. I'd love to see them against Denver in a seven-game series against Jokic. How do they? Can their speed neutralize him, or does his passing carve them up? Like, that's a fascinating matchup to me. And that's, and I don't know if we'll ever see it. But I think Houston is going to be a real problem in the playoffs. I don't know if they're championship material, but they are a real problem, especially the way they've started to just, hey, we're going to turn Russell Westbrook loose closer to the basket. We're not going to stop shooting threes. Just charge. Use your athleticism. Everything they're doing is really geared to being difficult to play against. Kurt Heelan, NBC with us on Coast to Coast. Uh, the Nuggets, what do you think their problem is? Because I saw, you know, the Lakers beat them there. And, uh, you know, they, they're, you know, they're sitting there in the West uh, unbelievably in the two. I, I just can't even believe it because I, I got to tell you, I think the Clippers and Rockets are, are better than them. Although I like them, but there's something missing with that team, Kurt. What is it? There's something about them. I just don't buy them getting over the hump. Uh, it's like even when I saw them play the uh, Lakers, they couldn't beat them. And I, it's because they're missing something. What is it? I think that maybe two things. And by the way, they're good, right? Like they're good at everything. This is not a bad team. And if they you are. told me that they, if they got on a run in the playoffs, it wouldn't totally be shocking. But I think they, my two questions are, can they defend and protect the rim at a high level? I, they're good defensively. They had a great start to the season, but they can be, can they be elite? Because Jokic isn't like, he's not flying in from the weak side to shot, you know, swatch your ball into the fourth row. It's, it's just not how they're built. So they, do they need that? And again, who's their second best guy? Jokic, I, I trust Jokic. Is Jamal Murray the second best player on a finals team? Yeah, I mean, uh, I like his game. I think the guy can flat out score, and I, I like watching him ball. But I, I, there's something about him that I, I that that to me it's like missing a tooth or something. I want to ask you about the Sixers. If they continue to play this way, now I know JoJo's out, Simmons out. I like their game. Simmons north south to the rack. He can finish dunk at the rim. He's layups, kisses, glass, finger rolls. He does all that lob passes. He's phenomenal. JoJo's a power game. No doubt, low block. He can hit big shots, free throw. I like him late in games. I got no problem with him. But if they continue to be as average as they are and as bad as they are on the road, will this get them uh, – uh, I think Brown will get fired when it's all said and done. I, I'm with you on that. This is a referendum on Brett Brown. And, and look, can I pick apart the roster and say, that, yeah, they, they need more shooting to go around these guys? They absolutely need more shooting. That's why, you know, Perkhead's getting all these minutes. Like, they, they need a few things on that roster. You know, they could really use Landry Shamit, couldn't they? Like, they could use some of the stuff 
and they, you know they shake Milton and all the they need all those guys to start lighting it up. And that said, I think it falls back to Brett Brown because it's too hard in this league to get elite talent. It's too hard to get the Joel Embiid's and Ben Simmons of the world, even if we're not sure that they can play together. It's just too hard to get them to not bring in another coach and give it another shot before you go another direction. I got like 45 seconds respectfully. I, I want to ask you, do you believe Kyrie Irving will ever be healthy in the NBA again, ever? Even with KD next year, I, I picture him missing another 30 games at least. I think he's going to miss a chunk of the regular season, and they're going to have to load manage him heavily and, frankly, load manage Kevin Durant for the playoffs. But if they do that right and make the postseason, that's a dangerous team. Those are guys who have proven it on the biggest stages. Hey, 15 seconds. Zion, I think he's going to win the uh, Rookie of the Year. He's going to steal it from Ja. Do you? I, no, I don't think so. I don't think he can do enough to catch him. Ja's too good. Yeah, now I don't like you, Kurt. Go have a sandwich, have some <laughs> soup for dinner. You know I love you, but I don't like you anymore. So uh, thanks for coming on Coast to Coast, Kurt. You're the man, brother. All the best. Thanks for uh, doing the show today. It's good to have you on the TV with us. Hey, anytime, Scott. It was fun to see you, man. Take care. All right, my man, uh, Kurt Heelan. There you go. Uh, so when we come back, we're going to get uh, Carver High and his opinion on Spike Lee. And even your boy Mafia wants to get involved. Everybody's chipping in here. I got to tell you, um, when you're that famous, that rich, and you got that kind of juice with the team, and you know you got that kind of money and everything else, can't you just go through the VIP door? That one's not good enough for you. I just can't figure it out. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. Coast to coast with Pharrell. So Carver High, uh, the guy, uh, Spike Lee, uh, the thing that uh, really kind of got on my nerves today was him going on TV and screaming and yelling about it uh, like uh, the world was ending. Uh, I understand uh, his role, which is um, really, I think, in his own head. His role is that of he's another one of these guys like Drake that think that they're a, a part of the team. And that's all in your mind, okay? You have the $300,000 front row seat on the court. Congratulations. Because you're a, uh, you know, loaded, fat stacks, hundreds of millions he's made making movies. Let's face facts. He's a great movie director. Great, uh, you know, with giving uh, opportunities, jobs, uh, roles, um, you name it. What he's done in the African-American community is really, in television and movies, unequaled. Fair enough. That's impressive. He's made his fortune, and he can do whatever he wants with his money, which he does. He spends 300 grand a year. Over the years, it's probably, you know, 275 250 225 200 a buck 50 Back in the day, he said he's been a season ticket holder since uh, 28 years, and then he's gone to games since 1967 with his father. So he, he is truly a great Nick fan. There's no questioning that. He is on TV at the Nick game every game. 
game. They show him 10 times. He said on TV today that he wants no part of that. He's not, he's not privy to being on the big screen or any of that. Uh, and that's, you know, that's ridiculous. He loves being on the Jumbotron, and a guy puts on a show every time he's there. So that's a lie. Uh, there's no one in their right mind that would be on every time. Don't tell me Drake and don't tell me Jack Nicholson doesn't know he's on the Jumbotron. Don't tell me Jimmy Buffett doesn't know he's on the Jumbotron in Miami. They all know. Uh, and and it's, that's all there is to it. Howard Stern, my old boss, used to go to the games just to be seen. He didn't even care about the NBA. So the problem I have is not that he's there, that he does all that. He has all that money. He deserves to have it. He's, he's earned all of it. He's a great guy, incredible at, at his job, at his craft. There's no question in that. The, the fact that he was screaming and yelling at people and cussing people out and telling him to arrest him and take him away like Charles Oakley to jail and absolutely dropping bombs left and right with kids, women, uh, men, people, civilians, fans, media, security guards. Uh, total, in my opinion, disrespect for everyone there, including the, the people that work, the security guard. He says he knows all of them. He said they all walk on eggshells. They're afraid of uh, Dolan, which is probably true because everyone's afraid of him. Fair enough. But you still, in my opinion, I don't care who you are, you cannot treat people like that anywhere, anytime, at any level. He put on a show and a scene. Uh, he threw a temper tantrum that we all got to watch and then went on TV the day after to blame everyone and to blame Dolan and to say he's done going to Nick games this year and that uh, he's never been treated so horribly in 28 years and that he has gone in the same door for 28 years and that they changed the policy. They should have called him, texted him, emailed him. Fair enough. Fair enough that they should have told him you can't go in the door anymore. But they say they did. So who do you believe? How about neither one of them? How about you still don't treat people like that and have your little conniption and meltdown and then go on TV the next day and turn it into an international incident with your pal Stephen A. That's what that was. Call up your buddy with the biggest mouth in television and see if I can stir this all up and make myself even more relevant. He says he doesn't want any attention. If you don't inquire about attention at any level, then why did you go do the TV show today? Didn't you have anything better to do today than go make it an issue? And then later in the day, the garden said he's uh, making himself out to be the victim is hilarious. I agree with that, too. You're a victim of nothing. You treated people like crap at the garden last night, screaming and cussing at everybody. And I don't care. He talks about his kids. Yeah, my kids would be real proud of me if I cussed out everyone at the game and got my way at the elevator by lighting up the fat security guard that makes no money for a living or anyone else that has to go through the peasant door because he treated it like everyone else is beneath him. What's the matter? The VIP door is not good enough for you there, millionaire man, Mr. Big Shot Hollywood movie director. Christ almighty, they give him a VIP red carpet door to go through, but he doesn't want to use it. He's defiant. He's going to do whatever he wants. He doesn't listen to anyone because he's Spike Lee. Is that about right? How's that taste on Tuesday afternoon there, Mr. Attention Grabber? What do you think, Carver High? I'm sick and tired of listening to his little weasel ass. Weasel ass. You need your ass beat is what you need with your big tough guy uh, talk and cussing people out, your little five-foot ass. You need your ass beat. In the hood, you talk that way to the wrong guy, the 300-pound security guy. You get shoved across the room and have your face smacked. That's exactly what happens. How do you like them apples? Yes, uh, you are 100% right. And look, it's always hard when you see something like this come out. And it's, and it's unfortunate that the Knicks seem to just get involved in so many of these situations, whether it be Oakley or other things that have gone on, fans, whatever it is. And the one guy that, like, really the Knicks fan is like, please don't ever let this get involved with is Spike Lee because, I mean, it is 25-plus years, 28 years he's been there every night, sitting courtside. He's kind of like the Knicks mascot. You know, you want to look at it that way. But I got to tell you, Scotty, I'm kind of with you here on this. Uh, and this is only if what the Knicks said in their statement is true. And if it's true that they've told them multiple times not to use the door, then uh, my issues with him. Like, honestly, that's a bad job by him. 
Uh, just go and use the door they tell you to go use. Okay, I get you pay all the money for the tickets. If they tell you to go use the door on 31st instead of 33rd, just go use that door. Okay? Uh, if they just told him last night for the first time, then, yeah, I, I kind of side with him a little bit. But if he's been told multiple times, Scotty, I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. Don't go on TV today. Don't do any of that. Just go in the door they tell you to go in and be done with it. Mafia, what do you think of uh, the whole thing? And don't tell me that he doesn't like attention when he goes to Nick games. Uh, he is an attention hoe. And uh, today he proved it by going on ESPN and, and just raking on Dolan for a half an hour. And then it's been on TV now all day. I mean, you you think that race relations went back 40 years today with this guy's little rant? I mean, it is unbelievable. Now it's a black-white thing, huh? My ass. How does that sound? This isn't about black-white. It's about a entrance to the garden and your big ego, little man. How's that sound, Mafia? Yeah, I'm with you guys, and it's hard for me because usually anything that happens with MSG, with the Knicks, I'm automatically going to side against them because as a suffering Knicks fan, you know, it's just been painful. It's been terrible for 20 years since they went to the finals. And, you know, that short strike short season against the Spurs has just been terrible since. I don't care what Melo did. They were just awful. It was mediocre at best. So usually I'm just always against them. No matter what happens with Oakley, I was against them. Anything that happens, I'm usually saying it's their fault. But in this case, it just seems like someone who's overprivileged thinks he should be able to do what he wants. Doesn't matter how many times they told you. They said, hey, can you use the other door? Don't be a jerk and freak out and say, I'm not going to do it. I don't care how much you pay for the damn tickets. You're not an employee. Use the VIP. If you think you're so special that you shouldn't be treated like this, then go to the special entrance. And I love his little stance where, well, I'm not going to go anymore this season. I'll come back next year, but I'm not going to go anymore this season. Why are you going anyway? A, they suck. B, the garden doesn't care. They got your money. So you can say all you want, stamp your feet, throw your temper tantrum that you're not coming this year. No one cares because they got your money and there's nothing to see anyway. The team's terrible. Do you remember when he blew me off? Do you remember when I saw him in the uh, street on 48th in uh, Midtown when we were on Howard Stern? And I, he said, I know who you are. And then I said, come do the show. I'm a huge Nick fan. Let's talk about your movies. Let's talk about basketball. Let's talk about life. 15 minutes. Just come over and do the show. Do you remember, Mavia? And then yeah, I do remember just that. Completely, he said, yeah, no problem. He said, no problem. Uh, let's set it up. And then he never did it. Like, so I'm, uh, you know, I still love what he does. Uh, do not misinterpret my uh, comments today in any stretch. I think his movies are fabulous. I think his career is incredible. I think what he's done uh, fiscally is amazing. Uh, he's, you know, raised the roof. His career is, you know, absolutely just skyrocketed. Oscars, the whole deal. He deserves all the accolades in the world. But his little meltdown at the Garden and his whole, you know, dragging Oakley into it. Listen, the night Oakley got popped, Carver High, you can't tell me that wasn't ugly. And you can't tell me in a million years that alcohol wasn't involved. You can not tell me that he wasn't hammered. I don't care what anybody says. I'll never believe it. So don't even try to sell me that he wasn't hammered. It took 12 people to get him out of the building. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad situation also. Uh, and everybody got, who'd everybody get on? Everybody got on the garden, right? right. They, they blamed them for throwing him out. And you're right. He probably wasn't in a great state of mind that night. Right. And it eventually gets thrown out, right? The, the, what did it take? Two years? But it finally right. got thrown out. Frivolous. thing. Uh, look, there's a lot of stuff that Dolan uh, and and then and the garden, et cetera, et cetera, uh, people frown upon. But um, honestly, if they told this dude to go through another door for the last month, just go through the other. Here's door. the deal. Let me ask. I, you, like, let, let me ask you this question. Just so uh, I think on Wednesday's pod, you can hear me do this entire tirade again. It's really cool. I think you'll dig the podcast. Let me tell you this: that Dolan owns the the Knicks, the Garden. Rock, you know, the uh, Radio City. And he, ain't going, and he ain't going anywhere. He's not going anywhere. <laughs> so he owns uh, the Knicks. He owns the Rangers. He owns uh, MSG Television, all the channels. He's worth billions. I, I, just about the only guy, am I about right, the only guy with more money than him in New York is Bloomberg. Is that about right? Probably. So you, for one minute, do you think that that guy will ever, on the face of the earth, ever relinquish the rights to any of that stuff? He will never sell the Knicks or the Rangers in my, in my mind because, in fact, if I were him, I'll be honest, I would own them in spite 
And I think he does own them in spite of all the fans that hate his guts that want him to sell the team. The more they beg him to sell the team, the less likely it will happen. The more they hate him, the more he enjoys it. He knows he is the bad guy of Gotham. He is the most hated owner in New York, hands down, not even close. And he actually, I think, gets off on it, Carver High. He actually does. I really truly believe that he he loves the fact that he's the bad guy. You know why? Because he's sleeping in a bed filled with billions of dollars. And for him, his whole life, his whole life's been about money. It's not been about anything else. Everybody says his daddy gave him everything. All true. But he sleeps in billions, and you don't, and you don't like it. And you know what he says? You can kiss my ass. No, it's true. I think he does play into that villain role. I think he likes that villain role. He embraces it. You've seen him do some radio interviews where it kind of looks like he he plays that up. But um, I, I think he's in the right on this one. I just do. All right, so when we come back, we'll talk about Mike Krzyzewski, and we'll – how about take an early look at uh, tonight, big night, NBA and NHL and college rack, lots of tournament games. It's coast to coast on Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Want to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Dunk on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com and dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this season. Compete with the pros with DailyRoto.com, Optimizer, and the most accurate projections in NBA DFS, plus lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. Save 10% on winning NBA DFS advice with promo code DUNK. Visit DailyRoto.com backslash DUNK to learn more. That my field just played. Yes, I do. Anyway, uh, Carver High. Uh, Mike Shishevsky is apparently angry over uh, everyone giving him the business, right? Over his team this year. Uh, are people being too critical of the Dukies, the Blue Devils? As you know, uh, my dad, TR, went to Duke, and he's very, uh, in his life, uh, God rest his soul, he would never stop trying to sell that Duke stuff to me, or how should I say it, shoving it down my throat. So um, now everybody says his team's lame. Like, covered last night for me, minus the 12, 13, whatever it was. They were in big trouble in the first half, up by two at the half. Tight game for, what, about seven minutes of the second half, and then they blew them out, right? What, they win by 18 or 20? So uh, that wasn't good enough for anybody. What are they saying about him that makes him so mad with his uh, five national championships? I guess they're just questioning his coaching is kind of what he said. You know, I mean, he said, quote, I mean, you can question my coaching and and what the hell. And and then when you do question it, just come into Cameron and look up in the ceiling and you'll find out if you should question that. How do you like that? Uh, Go ahead and take a look up at the rafters, Scotty. You got a little problem with me? Think I've won enough? All my ACC titles, Final Fours, national titles. Has he done enough to uh, be get no criticism? Does he deserve none, Scotty, with the way that he's uh, done it throughout his career? Well, I mean, career? do you think that, uh, you know, is there anyone really, without a doubt, better at coaching in college basketball than Mike Krzyzewski and what he's done? And, of course, he learned it all from Bob Knight. And, I mean, that's just the bottom line. And he admits it. That Knight taught him everything he knows, and then I think he uh, grew beyond Knight. I think he became a, a better coach. Uh, he evolved into more of a coach, in my opinion. And he was certainly better at handling uh, kids than uh, Bob Knight was. Bob Knight was never a gentle soul. And I think that Shashevsky can be that, that personal relationship with players he has. Bob Knight, everyone that ever played for him, you know, 95% of them love him like a dad. They really do. And then 5% want him dead. And there's just no denying that. that the, the ones that couldn't hack it and that hated his guts, I understand that. Uh, I have no problem with that. That's fair enough. I remember Delray Brooks had problems with him. Um, you know, Neil Reed's the guy that he allegedly choked, all the rest. Uh, but uh, I loved him. I loved being around him. Uh, it was the best five years of my uh Life. I just thought it was fascinating being around him and uh, learning from him. And he made a, a man out of boys. But I think uh, I think Shishovsky's a better, you know, person as far as uh, his relationship with players and the way he coaches. And he's certainly done more. Night one three and 
Krzyzewski won five. I don't think there's a soul on the face of the earth that can question his abilities. Uh, I think it's laughable. I also think what the problem is, Carver High, is uh, social media. I, I just don't care uh, about social media's opinion about anything. It's fun to look at. It's fun to watch. It's fun to, you know, check out every day and, and all that business when you're bored and you always look at it and this and that. I get it. It's impact on the world is I don't know what it is. I mean, other than is it just a lot of dribble? Is it a lot of chaos, a lot of accusations, a lot of attacking, a lot of viciousness, a lot of meanness, a lot of uh, bad attitudes, bad language, bad behavior? Um you know, one thing after that, they just shred people. You cannot do anything anymore as a kid, as a coach, as a player. Uh, you are abused on social media. Death threats galore on social media. What purpose does it serve other than it's just, uh, isn't it just a lot of nonsense? At the end of the day, they're judged on wins and losses and championships. It doesn't matter what social media. The, isn't everybody like a critic or something? They're all media members on social media. What is the problem? Yeah, that has a lot to do with it. And it's also a now time, right? Everybody wants everything now. And even though you have the illustrious history that you have with him, you know, he hasn't won since 2015, right? I mean, it's a now. T- everybody's like, when are you going to do it now? They've lost the last two years in the Elite Eight. Uh, when are you going to be back at the Final Four? When are you going to do it now? You know, and he's changed his philosophy, as we know. You know, the last few years, what's he gone to? He's not really about building kids up and having kids there for three or four years. Coach K is now a one-and-done guy, right? He brings in new talent every year, and a lot of them leave after one year. And uh, that's a dangerous game to play sometimes. You could, it's boom or bust. And uh, I think this year, Scotty, uh, it's going to be a bust. Um, I don't think that they're as good as some of these other teams. Now, this is a wide-open year. We've said it a billion times. But I just don't think that, like, right now, like, Duke, I mean, for to win the national title, they're the fourth choice here at FanDuel. Do you actually think that they're the fourth-best team in, in the country right now? I mean, I don't. But they get bet up that high because they're Duke. You know, that, that's what it comes down to. Uh, I, I don't think that Duke's making a deep run this year. I think that they're maybe a Sweet 16 team, but they can run into a couple of teams that could definitely bounce them early in this tournament. Yeah, no doubt about it. And um, you remember last night we were on with Smitty and we were talking about the fact that they just did not look good. They were turning the ball over left and right, and they were uh, taking really bad looks. Bad shots is what that means in basketball language. And uh, they looked really, I, I thought, uh, fair to Midland at best for at least, um, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 18 to 25 minutes of that game, I thought they looked average. Uh, I mean, real average. And I thought North Carolina State played better basketball than them, better defense, better on the boards, uh, better getting to the paint and getting decent looks and decent shots. And they deserved to be in that game, Carver High. No, they did. They played really well. And, and I think it was, you're right, about the 25-minute mark, first 25 minutes of that game. Uh, you know, after like the second media timeout right around there uh, is when they really started to put it on them and they blew them out of the building the last 10 minutes of the game. But they took bad shots. They had bad turnovers. They didn't play well. And, uh, you know, if they were playing a better team last night at Cameron, could they have lost? Maybe. I mean, NC State did just beat them two weeks ago. But if they play a better team last night, could they have lost at home? It's very possible. It really is. And they won the game by 19. Which is crazy to say. They ended up winning the game by 19 points. But... I don't think this is a vengeance Duke, 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 Duke team. You watch them lose these last three games on a row, right. losing to teams like Wake Forest, uh, things like that. Uh, Duke's not going far as far as I'm Do, concerned. Have you, ever, have you ever met a better that had a problem when uh, the team covers the bet that they yeah. complain about how many about they them. covered by? <laughs> like if it, you know, they were laying 13, they won by 19. Did you hear anybody in here crying <laughs> last night about the way they played? I mean, no. seriously. They got if, excited. <laughs> if you cover, you cover. That's all there is to it. Now, there's three games of note tonight, I think, Carver High in the NBA. The Nets-Celtics is not the top game. I'd say that's the third best game. Clippers-Thunder, for me, is is the best game in OKC. And then I'd say number two is uh, the Lakers hosting the Sixers. What do you think of those three games? Brooklyn at Boston, um, Clippers at OKC, and Philadelphia at the Lakers. Yeah, look, the line's actually gone down here in the last hour. The Clippers, uh, the uh, Celtic game's now five and a half. It was six and a half an hour ago. Um, I I like the Celtics tonight in that game. I think they're going to come out and give you a big effort. They're a better team than Brooklyn. You know, the OKC thing, you kind of talked about this with Smitty last night. You know, uh, this is a team that people are going to look to start to fade here coming down the stretch. Clippers going in there. 
I kind of like the Clippers tonight. They're so much a better team than OKC. I just don't know if OKC could do it against the top teams. I know they have the best ATS record in the NBA this year. All that stuff, it doesn't matter to me. And as far as the 76ers go tonight, Scotty, um, I think they're in trouble at the Staples Center tonight. I think they're in big trouble. Wow. So, uh, <laughs> well, the, first of all, the Clippers line opened at two and a half. I, I got it at uh, three. Now five. And now it moved, as you said, to five. The Brooklyn line is six everywhere I'm looking. Um, even six and a half at a, at a couple spots, but mostly six across the board. The Philly number is 12 and a half, 12, wherever you look. And uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I thought that they were going to get blown out the other day against the Clippers, right? They were getting 13 in that game, too. And they gave the Clippers, they lost by six. So do you think they could do the same thing tonight or you think they get blown out? The kid hit a billion threes, right? The kid that they brought up from the G League was hitting threes all over the place. Shake? (laughs) So Your boy, shake it up. (laughs) I like shake Milton. That's what I'm going I should get an endorsement deal with that kid. I, I don't know if they play. They've been hanging out in L.A. now what for a couple days. What, he had 13 threes in yeah, a row? Yeah, he, he was on a run. He was right. red hot. I don't think that they have back-to-back big efforts out in L.A. They've been hanging out there now for a couple days. Kind of like the little Miami thing last night with Milwaukee off of back-to-back. I think I'm going to go I think I'm gonna go with uh, the Lakers big here tonight. All right, uh, hockey Canadians and Islanders tonight. Now, we're going to do a lot of this with Joe Ranieri uh, as well, the college yes. games and the NBA full slate in the second hour of Coast to Coast, so uh, make sure you stay with us. But uh, Canadians Islanders tonight in uh, no sleep till in uh, Brooklyn. What, what is this, the third? Uh, they have three left there in that building? I be- Yeah, three games left in Brooklyn. It's almost the end of the line. I believe March 22nd is the last game there, so this is one of them tonight with the Canadians coming in. Islanders need this one bad. They just got embarrassed at home on Saturday against the Bruins out at the Coliseum. Uh, you see how tight the Metro is. We talk about it daily, Scotty. Uh, every game is so crucial in this race. Islanders have to beat a team like the Canadians at home tonight. They just have to. Uh, Mafia, your Rangers are at the Garden tonight. I know you want to slip across the street from Versa at the Renaissance and see the Rangers take on the Stanley Cup champs. Can the Rangers beat the Blues? I'm not feeling too good about it right now. You know, last week they were hot. They were killing everybody, whether it be home or on the road. They were playing incredible. And then they had those back-to-back losses to Philadelphia that are making me think that now they might be coming back down to earth and to the level that we expected. A team like St. Louis is just so strong. They know how to win. I'm not feeling good about the Rangers tonight. All right, Penguins Blues are better. Won seven in a row, too. The Blues are red hot. Yeah, Penguins have uh, lost six in a row. They're home to the Senators. They need that one bad. Bruins Lightning, the game of the night in the NHL cover high. Who do you like in Tampa? I, I, it's hard for me to go against the Bruins right now. Me too. It is, the Bruins are playing so well. Lightning, no Stamkos. They've been a little spotty lately since their 11-game winning streak. Uh, this is it for the Lightning. They need to win tonight, and then they play the Bruins again Saturday in Boston. If they want to win this division, they have to take both games this week against the Bruins. Have to. All right, Predators Wild and Mini, Sabres, Jets, and Ferrellapeg. Uh, Ducks, Blackhawks on the south side, uh, rather west side of Chicago. Later on, I got a big United. parlay for you tonight in the NHL. All right. Big uh, parlay. Oilers starts tonight, a good game in Dallas. How about Dreisaitl with four goals last night for the Oilers? Oh, they whacked the Predators in Nashville. How about that? 43 on the year, 107 points for Dreisaitl. Drysaddle Devils and Knights tonight in Vegas. That's a party. Leafs Sharks as well. We'll hit all the college games tonight. We got some good ones. Tennessee, Kentucky, Maryland, Rutgers, Michigan State, Penn State, Purdue, Iowa. With Joe Ranieri coming up in hour two of Coast to Coast. Are you ready for the nation's first and only free 24-hour network dedicated to you, the betting and fantasy sports enthusiast? SportsGrid will provide you with real-time content, statistics, and gaming intelligence unlike anything you've ever seen before. Located both in the heart of New York City and inside the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Meadowlands, SportsGrid is live 18 hours a day, here to serve you, the fanatic. This is SportsGrid. Get on the grid. Hey everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.